Welcome to Community Hope Podcast. We pray that the word of Christ would dwell in you richly as you listen and that you would be encouraged in Christ. So some years ago, I used to have this book, I think it was called like Hot Illustrations for Youth Talks, you know, and one of the cool things about it was like this one story I'm reading and I'm like, that sounds familiar. And it was like a guy from my wrestling team who was published in that book and it was about a high school story. I was like, oh, look at this. Okay. Uh, But in there, there was a a letter that Dan Taylor wrote uh, in a book he published back in 1989. And it was uh, an experience he had back in grade school. And he said, when I was in sixth grade, I was an all-American. I was smart, athletic, witty, handsome, incredibly nice, if I don't say so myself, right? He goes, but things went downhill fast in junior, here, junior high. He said, uh, but for one year, I was it. He goes, unfortunately, Mrs. Olson, uh, my assistant teacher who helped Mr. Jenkins, our regular teacher, knew that I thought I was smart, nice, and incredibly handsome and had something to work on. He said, one of the things that we had back in grade school, I don't even know if they do this anymore, is square dances. Do they still remember the square? Some of you remember those square dances, you know? And you'd have all the girls line up, right? And the boys line up, then the boy would pick a girl and whoever wanted to get picked last was like the worst thing. And uh, one time the teacher pulls me aside and she says, uh, next time we have a square dance, I want you to pick Mary. And uh, he said, uh, Mary sat in the front of the classroom on the right side. She wasn't pretty, wasn't real smart, wasn't real witty, but she was nice. And that didn't count much for much back in those days. She wasn't athletic. In fact, I think she had had polio or something. So her arm was kind of drawn up and she had a bad leg. And he said, this is the person that she asked me to pick. Well... I I was dying on the inside, but I said yes. And the rotten thing happened. She said this, it's the Christian thing to do. And he goes, I was immediately doomed. I knew right there it was exactly the kind of thing Jesus would have done at the yeshiva dance. Uh, And he goes, I agonized that I would lose so much coolness that I had accumulated through the years by picking her. He goes, but... I said yes, and then it came day of square dancing, and he goes, well, you know what? Maybe I'll be at the end of the line, so I'll do the right thing, but she'll be the only one left, and everything will be fine, but wouldn't you know it, she put me first, and he goes, "Uh, I'm looking at all the girls, and I hear this voice come out of my mouth, I choose Mary. And he goes, never was any reluctant virtue so rewarded. I could see with undim memory that she lifted her head. Her face was reddened with pleasure, surprise, embarrassment all at the same time. And she had the most genuine look of delight, even pride that I had ever seen before or since. It was so pure I had to look away because I knew I didn't deserve it. Mary came, took my arm as we had been instructed, and walked beside me. It was like she was a princess. He goes, you know, I never really kept track of Mary after that year. You know, we went on to junior high and high school. He said, but I will never forget that moment and the delight in her eyes. 
And I thought, what a great story to begin. Oh, that was my choose Mary thing. Because here we have the Lord God Almighty looking over the whole universe going, I choose Mary. And the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And, and I'm thinking about the guy choosing Mary, and I'm also thinking that God, I mean, he had all of time, you know, he had all of the whole earth, and here he picks this gal from Nazareth that wasn't really a well-thought-of place, this low life, a young girl, some commentators say could be 13 years old, 14 years old, something like that, and he picks her out of everybody. And then I started thinking, she, she is truly special, right? There's only one Mary. But God picked you, and God picked me. I mean, so much that Paul in Ephesians writes, blessed be, this is like right at the beginning of the letter, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he, look at this, chose us in him before the foundations of the world. I mean, you, can, you could chew on this for a long time. When, when did God choose you? Before the world. It, it, that we should be holy and blameless before him. If you get a chance to read the beginning of Ephesians, it's, it's beautiful. So he like chooses us that we should look like Jesus, be found in him before the foundations of the world. He chooses Mary. He chooses us with this beautiful choosing, and yet I think it's good to have a sobering thought in the midst of this, because I think there are going to be people at the end times who are going to think, oh, I was chosen, and Jesus is going to look at them and go, I don't know you, right? I mean, I, it's like on one hand, God has chosen us. On the other hand, he's chosen us for holiness, and, and, you're, and, and look, look what this guy says. The Lord says, you know, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, many, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out demons and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So here, the Lord picks Mary, and he chooses us, and he's shaping us, right, into the beautiful image of his son. So hopefully, better things will be said about us at the end that isn't said here. And the angel came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Were you the favored one in your family? Were any of you favored? Don't say yes. You know what I mean, right? If you do say yes, everybody will like pig pile you in here. Like, how dare you be the favorite one? Because you know, when you hear highly favored, what comes to your mind? You're like, wow, you know, she's special. And she is special. I mean, God picked her out of everybody. But wouldn't you think if you were highly favored by God that your life would go well? 
Sometimes when people come to know the Lord and they, they've been kind of living as an enemy of themselves and a lot of their hard times are brought by their own behavior and they stop that, they come to know the Lord and, and they're like, oh, I'm so highly favored and my life is gonna be you know, happily ever after. And it is true that Christians, our lives will be happily ever after, just not on this earth, right? Like heaven will be happily ever after. You know, Mary could be like, I'm favored by God. My life is going to go smooth. I'm carrying the Christ child. I'll have a wonderful delivery. Maybe no pain, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? But then you look at what really happened to Mary. She carried a stigma her whole life about her pregnancy. You got this one scripture in John where Jesus is like, your father is the devil. And they're like, who's your dad? What's your origin? You know, because Mary and Jesus kind of carried this stigma. Gave birth in a stable, right? I bet you could smell animals in that stable. The, the king sought to kill her baby. She had to flee to Egypt, possibly, because I'm always puzzled. Joseph, 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 and then silence. You hear nothing about Joseph, right, after the temple scene. And, and I, I think... Either God just said, we're not going to talk about him anymore, or maybe she lost her husband. And then there was a time in scriptures where, like, she's coming because they think Jesus has lost his mind. And, of course, you watch your son die and rise. But, I mean, the Lord says, you're favored. And, by the way, you've got this road to live, this road to hoe, right? And isn't this our lives, too? When do we grow the most? I said to a friend who was going through a really difficult time, God really loves you. And I quoted him this, endure hardship as discipline, for God is treating you as his child or son. For what children are not disciplined by their father, and if you're not disciplined and everybody undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate. You're not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we've all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for us. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? It probably wasn't the best scripture to give him during the hard time. But many times, you know, the Lord says, Mary, you're highly favored. Oh, and by the way, your life is going to have a lot of things that will shape you. I mean, Jesus said, I'm the vine. My father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. That can't feel good. So it would be more fruitful. So here's Mary, highly favored. Here are you, chosen by God, highly favored. And God uses the struggles and the difficulties in our life. All our houses, we think they're built on a rock, but they're probably more on sand. And the trials and struggles kick our house onto the rock. They push it hard. And and the scripture goes on, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what kind of greeting uh, this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Again, favor, but you know what stuck out at me? Fear. Fear. Now, sure, she's afraid of the angel, but I think she's also afraid of what he's saying to her. Like, what's going on? Have you ever noticed how there's this tension between fear and faith? Like, like any time you've uh, taken a risk, there's always this struggle. 
I remember early on as I was like coming to know Jesus, beginning to be a follower of Jesus, I feared that I wouldn't have any friends, right? You know, oh my goodness, if I start following Jesus, all my friends, they are, we hang out and gather around these type of activities. And if I don't do these type of activities, will I still have friends? No, actually, God gave me like a lot more friends, if you know what I mean. But there was that fear there. And I remember talking to somebody who said, you know, my, my uh, sister left the lesbian lifestyle and became a Christian. And she said it was a very lonely thing to do because she had all these friends and all this community and then she moved in the church and it wasn't, it wasn't the community that she, she didn't have as many friends. Now, she stayed and she's got more friends, but there was that time of, of loneliness. And, and I think many times when we're coming to know Jesus, maybe you're at that point and you're like, can I really commit? Can I really decide? Can I, can I really follow? Can I really trust God? I, you, you have to pass through kind of this wall of fear. And most of the time, there are challenges that we, that we face fears in order to follow God's will. I mean, years ago, when Community Hope said, will you be our pastor that's not our pastor, right? Because um, I couldn't be ordained yet, but I became the kind of pastor of the church. And um, there were like 39 people in attendance. And, and I remember saying, Lord, if this doesn't go, you know, just going back into the business world, or maybe I'll be bivocational. It was like a, it was a step of faith to be a part, of, you know, to, to take this risk. Our church was subsidized by our, our larger church body. And I remember the day that we asked for a $10,000 subsidy, and they said no. And you want to know what, uh, what the one chairman of the board and I did? We just raised the income. And you know what? It just came in, right? I, I mean, it doesn't always work that way, but it worked that way for us. So um, it's a, do you see times in your life, or maybe you're facing something in your life where you're like, the Lord's like, hey, I want you to trust me. You know, I, I want you to trust me and take that step of faith. And, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus who names kids, right? Second service, Bryce and Jojo have a baptism. Did they let anybody else name their child? No, you give, you give your kids the name. Who named Jesus? His father, his father. Did you ever notice how important names are in the Bible? I mean, it, 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 it's very, names are very important. So one time, I was uh, jogging on vacation, and I remember I had this like Bible listening thing, and I don't know if it was a, a tape back then or a CD or if it was a podcast, I can't remember, but it was listen through the Bible. And so I'm like, I pray before I go, and I'm like, Lord, I'm going to just put it on to where it left off, and, and I just pray you would speak to me. I just want to have a run where you and I are communing. So I start running. And this is where we are. And he begat that and begat that. I know when you guys read through the Bible, you skim this, right? You're like, ooh, I got that chapter done, right? You're like, right? You're not, you're not saying every name, right? But when you're listening, you're like, and I, I'm getting mad. God, 
I was supposed to have this time with you, and all I get is he begat that and begat that, and I don't know enough to actually have a lot of history with all these different names. And, and all of a sudden, this voice from somewhere outside of me goes, you're one of those names. Oh, like they're important because your name is important. And then God spoke to me, right? It's like every name is valuable to God, even though we don't care. Like your name is written in the book of life. Nevertheless, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, Jesus said to his disciples. Rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Like names are so important to God. And, and God, do you ever notice how he messed with names? Like Abram, daddy, becomes Abraham, big daddy, right? Sarai becomes Sarah, same meaning, but I think, hey, change the husband's name, might as well change the wife's name. Jacob, you know, becomes, uh, wrestles with God, Israel. I don't know why I got Joshua in there twice, but Joshua, Hoshea becomes Joshua, which is uh, Yahweh saves, same as Jesus, Yahweh saves. Uh, Simon becomes Peter. Right? And then you have the sons of thunder. Like names were changed. I, we have people who love to nickname people too. Isn't that the way it is? But names are so important. And I don't know about you, but many times years ago, there were baptized names. What's going on with that? They're like, when you get baptized, you get a new identity in Christ. You're a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. What names do you call yourself? Like in your worst of times, you stub your toe in one way or another, if you know what I mean. What do you say about yourself? Do you say, oh, bless God, I am so loved. <laughs> I am one of the brightest people around, but I must have made just a small mistake, right? I don't know. I, I think a lot of us, we, the things we call ourselves are, are harsh, right? And I think the Lord sometimes would say to us, hey, would you please be kinder to yourself? Right? Hurt people hurt people, but when you know the grace and love of Jesus down deep in your core, it changes you when you know what he calls you. And that's what I love about uh, wives taking their husband's name. Right? They're no longer who they used to be. Now they're, they're, they're connected to the husband. They take on this new name, just like we take on the new name of Jesus in this beautiful divine marriage. So what is said about Jesus is said about us, righteous and perfect and holy, not in and of ourselves, but a free gift from God. Years ago, when my daughter was 18 years old, I can't remember, I think she was in high school or not, she calls me in the evening, and I'm like, that was a weird conversation. It was just weird, I, and, and my daughter and I didn't used to have, like, awkward conversations, and, and so um, maybe it's 11 or 12 or something, she comes home, she comes into our bedroom, Gretchen and I are there in bed, and, and uh, I'm like, Hannah, that was a weird conversation we had. She goes, I got a tattoo. And I'm like, and, and I quickly said something because I knew that probably Gretchen wasn't really fond of that thought, you know? And um, I'm like, tell me about it, you know? Because we had gone out and like a week or two before and she asked me about tattoos and I'm like, don't get something really stupid that you'll regret for the rest of your life, 
right? You know, get, if you get something, get something this. It's not unbiblical unless you want to follow all those laws. So, so then she gets it, and I go, what is it? And she goes, it's beloved. And I got it somewhere where I'm really going to be the person that's going to see it the most. She said, because I need to be reminded, and I love it when God calls me his beloved. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, beloved of God. Our names are so important, and he will be great, and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob. How long? Forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary has eternal life living in her. Is that not cool? This Mary has the Savior, her own Savior, living in her. The kingdom will go on forever and ever. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have, just like Mary, eternal life living in you now. I mean, when you think of the word eternal life, is that something you think about in the future? Or is it what you have now? I think it's 1 John. They go, if you hate your brother, you don't have eternal life in you. What? Yeah, like eternal life is now. You have seeds of eternal life that go on forever and ever and ever. It's beautiful just like Mary. And Mary says to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. It's interesting. Do you remember last week, John, uh, John's dad asked the same question, Zechariah? He's like, you know, your wife's gonna get pregnant. Not in the same way, but she's old, gonna get pregnant. And he's like, He's like, what, what, uh, how shall I know this? I'm an old man. My wife is an old lady, right? And it's funny because Mary asked a question and Zechariah asked a question and they got like different responses. I mean, why didn't God say to Mary, you're not going to talk until the baby's born? How dare you ask me a question, right? See, I think... Mary was faith-seeking understanding. I, I believe, I, but I, I, don't, I don't get it, you know. I'm young, and, and I think Zechariah is like, God, no. No, this is nuts. This isn't going to happen, right? I think one is, is a question of doubt, and one is a, question, a true question of understanding. You know, I remember reading my Bible, and... Um, when I was a new believer, and I, I just would put question marks in it. So I'd read stuff and go, I don't get this, question mark, question mark. And, and, and to this day, there are some things I still don't get, but the problem isn't with God, it's with me. And sometimes I think we're just going to have full understanding when we get to heaven, right? Now we see through a glass dimly, then we'll see face to face. Now we know in part, then we shall know even as we are fully known. And so it's okay to go, Lord, I don't get this. If you want to help me understand this now, great. And if not, I, I trust you with this question. But one thing that was kind of fascinating is the Holy Spirit is going to do the same thing over Mary that happened at creation. The earth is formless and void and deep darkness 
covered the deep waters. I should say darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. It's the same concept. The Spirit of God recreating, right? Like Jesus is the beginning of the new creation. He, the, the Spirit is recreating everything, and everything, all things are in Jesus, be recreated. It's this beautiful thing that happens. And when we're born of God, right, the Spirit of God hovers over us and makes us new creatures in Christ. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessing of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. I mean, this is what, what happened to Mary in a, in a different way, but in our lives, in a real way, Jesus comes into us. Now, I want to say that I believe that God has chosen to work through his word. And when you and I spend time in his word, the spirit is still moving through these words. These words, Jesus said, I have spoken to you, are spirit and life. And, and if you want to grow in Christ, if you want, in a sense, the spirit to work in your life, you need to be people who are spending time in God's word, right? Have you ever um, tried to, were you ever like friends with somebody because you work with them? And then you stopped that job or that volunteering or that church or whatever, and then you got distant. Why? You didn't spend time with them, right? And here in, in the word of God, it's like we're spending time with God. And, and we're not spending time to like tell everybody that we did spend time. We're not spending time so you can be like, look at me, I read my Bible every day, I'm better than you, right? No, we're like, Lord, this is a secret place. And I just want to know you. And today might just be one verse that I'm going to chew on today and think about and meditate on. Or maybe it'll be chapters. Like, like whatever it is, it's to know Jesus more. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does prospers. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son, and is this is the, I'm sorry, and this is the sixth month with her, who was, who was called barren. For nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, look, I am the servant of the Lord. You know, the word is the same word for slave, right? It's, this is a softening of it. I am a slave of God. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed. And isn't this really a step in the Christian life? Like a daily step where we go, Lord... Not, not my way, but your way. Lord, I want to be about your business today. Lord, you've got good things that are planned for me, and I, I want to surrender my rights to you. So you have my time and my money. We're like, where you go, I want to go. There's a story told in uh, Steve Brown's book, A Scandalous Freedom, 
and it's apocryphal. It's, it's not, a, a, not a true story, but the point is good. It's about Abraham Lincoln at a slave market. And it says uh, he was there and he saw a young woman being auctioned off to the highest offer. So he bid on her and won. And as he won, he could see the anger in her eyes as that woman imagined what kind of guy had just bought her and what he had planned to do. And as Lincoln walked off with his property, he turned and said to the woman, you are free. What? What do you mean? You're free. Does it mean that I can say whatever I want to say? Lincoln said, yep, say whatever you want to say. Does it mean that I can do whatever I want to do? Yep, you can do whatever you want to do. Does it mean I can be whatever I want to be? Yes. Does it mean you can be whatever you want to be? Does it mean I can go wherever I want to go? And he said, yeah, you're free. Go wherever you want to go. And then tears well up in her eyes. And she goes, well, I guess I'll go with you for a while. And isn't this the way God works in our lives? He says, you're free, but he doesn't twist our arm, does he? He doesn't hard sell us. He just sets us free and says, come and follow. Pray with me. Lord, lead us on as followers of you. Use us, Lord, in this world. Thank you that greater is he that lives in us than he who is in the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Community of Hope, go to www.cohchurch.com. God bless you today.